Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. This is a really special Sunday. If this is your first time, you're getting a treat because um, we're getting to receive today from a dear friend who Alini and I have met many years ago. 2007 is when we first met Pastor Nick Nielsen down in Houston, Texas. And uh, he works at a little struggling church down in Houston called Lakewood Church. And <laughs> and he's been uh, faithful to the Lord there. But uh, to us, uh, our relationship with Pastor Nick is personal. Um, we were just a couple who had re- recently moved from Brazil to to Houston, Texas. And um, no family, no no connections to Houston, just a call of God. And when we connected to Lakewood, uh, Pastor Nick's arrival at Lakewood kind of brought the ministry element of our calling into this place. And so we developed a friendship, a close friendship. Uh, when he moved, his daughter, who's here with us today, Haven Nielsen, was four months old. She was just an itty-bitty baby. Uh, she was younger than our boy, uh, uh, Christopher, which you guys see running around. And, and she was really the first experience we had, Alini and I, with the baby because we kind of became the token, uh, uh, can I say babysitters? Child care development. Uh, <laughs> and, and she made it so that we would want to have kids because she was such a great child. And so it's your fault that we have four kids. It's her fault. But uh, she's now 16 years old. Um, and what I have to say about Pastor Nick is that all not only is the testimony of their integrity and their life and their children, but it's in the many people that they have developed, discipled, built. And we are one of them. Alina and I both worked under him, and we got to see them up close. This is a man who loves God. This is a man who has a pure heart toward God, toward his family, toward his wife and his children. He's a man who I trust with my life, with my money, with my family. And he's a man who has served the Lord with, inte- with integrity and he has poured into our lives. And we wouldn't be here today if it weren't for him. Some of you have seen our send-off video on the website. Uh, Pastor Nick prayed for us. But in behind the scenes, he was the guy who kind of opened the doors for us to experience ministry again. Some of you, you've come from a different country. You didn't know the language. That's my story. And when I was at Lakewood, it was because of his heart to say, hey, we believe in you. Let's work together. Let's build God's kingdom together. And we were able to minister, to teach, to grow in the Lord, and believe that God could do something in this country for many, many people. So you're here today because of their investment. You're here today because of their faith. You're here today because of their heart. They're not only partners with us. They have given money to this church. He has come here twice before to minister to us. We're connected in heart and spirit. Would you stand and give a big welcome to the illustrious USA Today best-selling author, Pastor Nick Nielsen today. I love you, bro. Uh, That's quite the introduction. Um, Stay standing if you can just for a moment. I um, thank you, Pastor J.D., and uh, as he mentioned and gave you a little bit of context of our relationship, uh, friends for over 16 years, Pastor J.D. and Alini were instrumental um, 
in our ministry and helped establish and really build our young adult ministry, which would grow to impact thousands in Houston. And, and so many leaders have been raised up and developed in that ministry. And they were absolutely huge pillars at the foundation of that thing that helped. Um, they say they work for me, but they really just were phenomenal leaders that built and developed and sowed so much into that ministry. And they sowed so much into Summer and I's life. And there's um, some fruit over there in the front row uh, with my baby girl that they just helped take care of and invest in and um, introduce. Thank you, Pastor Alini, for introducing her to coffee at uh, the age of maybe 11 months old. But um, I'm kidding. But it's just, they were just like family. And it's been cool for me to see this story unfold because as they took a massive step of faith to come out here to give hope to Stanford, Connecticut, and to start a church here that they were extremely passionate about and had a vision for, my prayer was that God would bring J.D. and Alini's into their lives um, as they charted this course. And it's been phenomenal to see this story unfold and to see strategic people get brought up alongside of them to help care for people here in this city. So thank you for being here. It says a lot about you. It says a lot about what God has in store for you, that you would join your faith with them to see God do something special here. So it's not by accident you're here. Um, I'm honored to be here, honored to, to experience your passion, your faith, um, you know, your hospitality. Um, Pastor J.D. took us into the city uh, yesterday, and we were able to experience all the smells, all the all the sights. Um, it was just amazing. The rats, everything. It was just a phenomenal experience in New York City. My daughter's first time, and uh, it was amazing. No, um, that's Haven, 16 years old, going to be 17. I love her. Show her some love. Show her some Stanford love. Um, little daddy-daughter trip as well that we're making here. And then I'd like to introduce you also uh, my son. That's Denver. Denver is 12 years old. And uh, I call him Big Perm, and he's got a perm now, and you can see the curls. Uh, the lady locks are in full effect, and uh, he's my little QB. Um, I love him to death. And then my wife, my wife, we've been married there is summer. We've been married for 20, almost 20 years. So uh, that's what happens, guys, when you love God. He blesses you. He takes care of you. And uh, that's my dream team. And uh, as Pastor J.D. mentioned, um, I just released my very first book called You Can Live the Dream. And many of you have been gracious and you've picked up a copy. Um, I just want to say this about this message. Um, never um, dreamed I'd, I'd actually write a book. I felt like I was always supposed to, but never thought I could actually do it. Um, I took some time in 2021, got away and wrote it. And I'll say this, John 10.10. The Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus trumps that with a truth. He says, but I've come that you may have life and you may find and discover that it is, can be better than you ever dreamt, more than you could ever imagine. This is the life that Jesus introduces us to and gives us the opportunity to live. It's not just a get by life. It's, it's, a, it's a big life, right? And this life is is to me an invitation for all of us. And the thing about this scripture that I think is key is the thief. I've never known a thief to try to steal from an empty place. When you think about a thief, a thief always tries to steal when he knows there is something valuable within. 
And the fact that you may face opposition and struggle and challenges and problems in, in your life, it's not a reason for you to give up and to quit and feel like, oh, I'm not supposed to fulfill my purpose or keep moving forward or keep fighting. It's actually an indicator that you are packed with purpose. You are packed with destiny and gifts and talent. So the very fact that the enemy or the thief is opposing you, it's because you have things on the inside of you that he doesn't want to see come to fruition. So living the dream or, or living this abundant life that Jesus called you to isn't a life without problems. It's not a life without opposition. It's a life being led with the right perspective of those challenges. And so I talk about that in the book. I talk about relationships. I talk about overcoming the past. I talk about purpose. I talk about a lot of things that I think can help you. So if you want to pick up a copy, I know they're in the lobby. I'm going to be after signing. Love to meet you. Um, but just think that can encourage and inspire you um, if you want to pick that up. Uh, I want to talk to you today about doing it afraid. Do it afraid. Father, I thank you that we get to gather together. I thank you for your presence. And our desire is to leave different. And so we open up the runway of our heart. And we say, Jesus, land in our lives, whatever it is you want to land. And may our lives be different. May we not leave this place the same, but may we leave this place forever changed from the inside out. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated and tell the person next to you that they look fantastic this morning. Say, you look so great. You look so good. Um, anyone here been skydiving before? Anyone here? Here, J.D., catch this book for me real quick. Anyone been skydiving before? Nice grab. Skydivers? Anyone? No? Okay. This, uh, if you have or if you aspire, maybe this, this will help you or maybe it will hinder you from doing it. But I remember being in college, my two friends were like, bro, let's go skydiving. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I kind of enjoy my life. And I think I got a future in front of me. Um, but they talked me into it. So we went to Skydive Chicago. And when we showed up to this old airplane hangar, we were paired up with instructors because in Illinois, you can't jump alone um, until your third time. You have to jump with an instructor your first two. Then on your third, you can jump alone. So we get paired up with instructors. We get our suits on. They bring us through extensive training. And then they lead us out to this airplane on the runway, this emptied out eight-seater airplane. We get into the airplane, and we each get this instructor literally strapped to our back, and we sit down in the airplane. We climb to about 10, 12, 14,000 feet. And as we're flying, all of a sudden, 14,000 feet, the side door of the airplane opens up. The, the, the captain opens up the airplane door, and there's this massive gust of wind that floods the cabin of the airplane, and it just got real, right? Like, I'm about to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. And things start going through my mind, like, what are you doing? This is not real smart, not a lot of wisdom here. But I watch my buddy get to the front of the airplane or get to the, the side of the airplane and the doors open and he's got the instructor on his back and he's kind of getting in position. And then all of a sudden he just, he just drops. I mean, so fast, I couldn't even hear him yell, couldn't hear him scream, just, just gone. And now I'm like really nervous. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. My, my other friend gets to the door and just, he's just gone. Just, just a missile just shot down. And here I come. I'm waddling up with the instructor on my back, get to the door. I look down and I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's no way. 
There's no way I'm jumping out of this airplane. I mean, this is a free fall for a minute. There's no way I'm jumping. And I, and I start to push back, and I can feel the instructor, like, kind of, like, nudging me gracefully, like, behind me. And I'm, now there's this battle going on. Like, I'm not going to do it. And he's like, come on. And I'll never forget, he, he reached over, he, he, lit, he peeked over my shoulder, and he said, Nick, you just got to do it afraid. And then he pushes me out the door, and I step, and I just fall, and I free fall for, like, a minute. And I just remember, like, free-falling. My stomach is in my throat, but it's just unbelievable. Like, it's just this crazy mix of emotion. And after a minute, I could feel all of a sudden my instructor taps my wrist. I look at the gauge. He takes my other hand, and he literally takes my hand, and he puts it on the ripcord. And then he tells me, kind of, you know, gives me the, the hint to pull it. I pull the, the ripcord. The parachute opens up, and it's just the most breathtaking view of Chicago. I mean, perfect day. It was so peaceful. We're just soaring. And of course, we land safely on the runway. But that exhilarating, memorable experience, I'll never forget it. It all started with a scary step. It all began with me having to do something afraid. I had, I'd gotten nudged a little bit, but I had to do it afraid. And when I did it afraid, when I took the step, it was, it was fascinating how midair, I forgot all the training, I forgot all the things I was prepared for, but it was interesting how the instructor led me to the proper things at the right time. He guided me through. He made sure that I landed safely. Today, I feel like God has brought me from Houston to encourage some of you. There are things in front of your life right now that look frightening. There are things in front of you that you know God is nudging you to do. There are some things that he's put in you that he wants you to chase after, that he wants you to accomplish, that he may want you to say, that he may want you to do, that he may want you to fulfill. But it's scary. And you're allowing fear to keep you from taking the step. You're allowing fear to cause you to shrink back. You're not doing it afraid. And you're not stepping into the new levels and the God opportunities that are in front of you. You have a dream for that new house, but it seems too big. You're not qualified for the position at work, but you know that you can do it. You know you're supposed to end the relationship, but there's so many unknowns. You want to have a tough conversation with someone you love, but you're not sure how the outcome will be. You want to start that business, but walking away from benefits and security seems crazy. You're on the ledge, so to speak. But there's all these facts in front of you. And you feel fear. What are they going to say? What are, what's going to happen? What's going to be the result? Man, I don't know. Ecclesiastes 11.3, King Solomon says something very, very fascinating. He says, if you wait for perfect conditions to plant, if you wait to see clouds for rain to plant, you'll never harvest crops. In other words, what he's saying is if you wait for perfect conditions to do anything, that time will never come. If you wait until you feel no fear or until everything just locks into place perfectly, then you'll never step out to do the good things, the big things, the great things God's designed you to do. Because let me tell you, what's the need for faith then? 
If you can calculate it, if you can figure it out, if you have no fear and you just feel wonderful, where's God in the equation then? God moves on your faith. And when you step out, he sees your faith and he can then do what only he can do. He can come in and do the supernatural. Live in the dream, realizing your destiny, fulfilling God's purpose, becoming all he's purposed you to be will require seasons of you doing something afraid. Ask Abraham, ask Moses, ask some of the disciples, ask Noah and Mary, ask Pastor JD and Alini. For you to fulfill your purpose, you will have to step out and do something afraid and trust the instructor to lead you and to guide you and to provide for you along the way. I was on a grocery run the other day for my wife. I had the to-do list on my phone. You know, we use the yellow notes and we share them. And so I'm like ready to go into the grocery store. Got to get all of these things. I'm excited to do it. Get out of the car, ready to you know, going to the front door with a vision because, fellas, you know, if you come back with the wrong stuff, it's not a good day. I got to get everything exactly right, and I'm telling her right in detail, right in detail. You say apples, was well, it honey crisp apples? Is it big red apples? Like, I don't know, there's 50 apples. I got to get the right apple. So get detail, I get the list, I'm heading towards, I got a vision because if I, I got to come back with the right stuff. So as I'm approaching the doors, they're closed. And I know that there are things behind those closed doors that I need and that I have to get. They have my name on them, and I got to bring them home. And I keep walking, and the doors are still closed. But this crazy thing happened. As I'm walking towards the doors, I get about two feet from the doors, and as I step towards them, they open. It was, cr it was fascinating, guys. I mean, they moved. They just automatically opened up for me. Now, I know some of you are thinking, J.D., who are you bringing? to speak to us right now. Who is this crazy dude from Houston? Guys, I'm well aware of motion-activated doors, all right? I'm, I'm, you are too. But what I'm trying to illustrate to you today is there are many things in your life that God has planned for you to go after and receive that has your name on it. A lot of God's promises for your life, a lot of his opportunities that he set up for you are motion-activated. And it'll require you to step towards them and then, see, this is the thing. Many of you see the dream. You see the promise. You know God's put it in your heart to accomplish, but you see closed doors. You see limitations. You see how it couldn't happen. And so you allow those closed doors to make you turn around and walk away, cause you to shrink back or stay motionless. But God is saying if you'll take a step forward towards the things I'm calling you to, you'll see that I can open doors that no man can open. And I can, I can usher you to places that are beyond what you could ask, think, or imagine. I can do the supernatural is what God is saying. See, we get this leap of faith in our language, which is great. I'm not saying take a leap of faith is bad. But the Bible says that, that God directs the steps of the righteous. All right, so what, what, what God is looking for for believers, for you and for me, He's not necessarily looking for this leap of faith. He's looking for our step. He will direct the steps of the righteous. But notice what he doesn't direct. He doesn't direct your stance. He directs your step. So there are things in our lives that he's purposed us to fulfill and accomplish. People he's called us to become. 
but it will require steps of faith that we take in the face of fear so that we can experience the fullness of his purpose for our lives. God wants to direct our steps. When our daughter Haven was four or five years old, my wife had a dream and I had a dream for her to be in this specific school district as she was entering kindergarten. We just had a dream. We we're like, you know what? This is a great school, great education, great relationships, great friendship circles. We would, God, we, our desire is for her to be in this school. And we felt like it was a God desire, right? Searched our hearts and we wanted it. We prayed for it. We felt like it was best for her. But for her to go to that school, it required us to live in that school district, which we were not in. And it required us to sell our home, buy a home in that school district so she could enter that school. So we prayed about it and we felt like it was what we were supposed to do. So we put our home on the market, which was not a good time to sell a house. Put our, put our house up, prayed, surrender it to God, did what we knew to do and just said, all right, God, let your will be done. We're gonna believe. Couple months go by, no bites on the house, nothing, crickets. One day I'm driving home from work. I get home, I drive into the, the, the garage and I see a cardboard box stacked on, on the garage floor, you know, like five or six boxes. And I'm thinking, who, who forgot to take out the recycles? So I get the cardboard boxes, take them over to the cycle bin, put them in the recycle bin. Week goes by, see, come in the garage after, after work, same thing, cardboard boxes. I'm like, what in the world? What's up with these cardboard boxes? Pick them up, take them to the recycle bin. Next week, I come home. And I see the biggest cardboard stack of boxes I've seen yet. I'm like, what in the world's happening with these boxes? I yell, hey, some, you know, she's already beat me home. She was a dental hygienist at the time and she'd often beat me home. I said, babe, how was work? Great, hey, what's with the boxes in the garage? And she's like, oh, 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 I forgot to tell you. Um, the dentist was throwing away all these boxes they weren't using. I thought we could use them when we sell our house. We would have boxes that we could put our stuff in. It helped them move all that easier. And I'm thinking, you idiot. Here I am throwing away all these stack of boxes that she was putting and preparing in faith for us to sell the house. She was stacking boxes, y'all. And here dad comes home and throws them away. But the point is this. She was showing God her faith. I was asking in faith. She was showing God her faith. She was taking a step. She was believing and she was acting in faith. Well, here's what's crazy. When we both collectively started stacking boxes, it wasn't two weeks later, we got a call for someone to buy our house, buy it for more than what we were asking for. We sold our house, packed up our stuff in those same boxes and moved to the home we were praying and believing for in that new school district so Haven could go to that school and we're still in that house today. Don't tell me that God doesn't move when you take a step of faith. Don't tell me that God can't show up and do some miracles in your life when you put in motion your faith. Never underestimate your step of faith. There is no insignificant step of faith in your journey. Every step is significant to God and he can move and he can do the impossible. God is motion activated and he's looking to bless your steps. So let me ask you, what kind of step do you need to take? Maybe collect some boxes today. I talked to someone uh, after the service. They're going to go home and buy a welcome mat for their home they're believing for. How cool is that? 
Maybe it's an air freshener for a new car. Maybe it's uh, time to break ground for the new business, apply for the next job, get a suit jacket for that promotion, get a baby rattle for the new baby. I know it's scary, but I'm encouraging you today. It's time to step into favor, step into freedom, step into the promises that God has for you. Because when you step, it's crazy what God will do. It's crazy what God has already planned. In Luke chapter 19, there's this fascinating story about a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a wealthy tax collector, but the Bible says that he's short in stature. So here's a guy who's got a lot of wealth, a lot of influence, but he has a but. He's short. And money can't buy him more inches. He's got a problem that money can't fix. I find this interesting. Because you and I live in a society and a culture today that looks to money and wealth to fix things, don't we? But you don't have to live long to realize that more money and more wealth and more cars and bigger house and bigger square footage and more degrees and, and the corner office, that can't fully satisfy you. It leaves you short. And we find Zacchaeus with a lot of stuff, but he's missing something and he can't buy his way out. He's used to buying his solutions. Here, he can't buy the solution. So he has to look beyond himself. And he's curious. He finds out that Jesus is coming. He's not a religious guy, but he's heard that Jesus does miracles. Maybe this guy knows something that I don't. Maybe he has something that I need. And so the Bible says that he gets in Jesus's path. He knows where he's going, right? See, I believe this. I believe that we all have a but. I believe that we all have things in our lives that we're not proud of. We come up short. We have limitations. We have weaknesses. Some know about it. Others don't. But there's something in our lives that we feel like limit us from accomplishing the great things that we feel God's designed us to accomplish. And we allow those shortcomings or those buts often to keep us from stepping out. Oh, I got this in my life. Oh, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to manage, right? I can, I can lead a vision, but I can't manage one. Or I can, I can buy stuff, but I don't know how to steward it. Or I can, I can post, but I don't know how to edit, right? There's buts. There's buts that we all possess, shortcomings. And here we find Zacchaeus with a but, but he does something. He models something for us. He runs ahead of Jesus. He ran in faith. He took a step. And you know what he finds perfectly positioned that would elevate him just enough to see Jesus over the crowd? A tree. Zacchaeus discovers a tree perfectly positioned for him to climb at just the right time to put him at just the right elevation to see Jesus. Jesus walks along, sees him in the tree, and says, hey, Zacchaeus, I see you. Come down this tree. I want to come to your house today. Jesus goes over, has a meal with him, and changes his life forever. Salvation meets him. And his whole life, the entire trajectory of he and his family's life is changed forever. What happened? He discovered a tree. I believe that God has positioned a tree in your life to make up the difference between your limitations and your weakness and the opportunities that he's placed before you. 
I'm, I'm talking to some people that if you will step out afraid, you're gonna start discovering some trees, some prepared blessings, some divine relationships, some strategic blessings of favor that God has positioned you to experience. It's time to start climbing some trees. But I wonder, I wonder how many of us have not experienced these trees because you've allowed fear to hold you back from stepping. I wonder how many trees we walk past or we don't climb because of fear keeping us held back. I wanna encourage you today to step afraid. I'm joining my faith with you that this is your time to discover a tree. You may have a poor track record, but God has a tree. You may have been on drugs, but God has a tree. You may have had a baby out of wedlock, but God has a tree. You may lack education, but God has a tree. You don't have connections, God has a tree. You don't have money, God has a tree. God has blessings, miracles, and divine relationships to make up the difference between your limitations and your opportunities. Here's what's crazy, and I'm gonna close. This tree, think about this sycamore tree. This was planted long before Zacchaeus was ever a thought on his mommy and daddy's mind. To think about how detailed God is in orchestrating your life and your purpose. To think that he knew Zacchaeus. He knew he'd come up short. He knew what he needed. And he provided something at the exact time he needed it so that his life could be changed forever. There have been strategic things in your path that God has planted for you to experience. If you will trust him, if you will do it afraid, you will discover these planted blessings along the way. God is the author and the finisher of your story. He is the architect of your life. And he has provided these things so that you can become the person he's called you to be. Fulfill the things that he's put in your heart to fulfill. Do you receive that today? Do you receive these trees, these prepared blessings? Listen, Pastor JD talked about my book and I talked about my book as well a little bit. I just wanna say this. I'm not the prototypical author. It's my first book. I didn't grow up in church. Gave my life to Christ when I was 17, 18 years old. Parents were divorced when I was three. And I searched my whole teenage years looking for purpose and, and peace and popularity in all the wrong places. Achieved all those things that they say you're supposed to, but it all left me empty over time. And then someone introduced me to a relationship with Jesus and told me there was a purpose and a plan for my life. And it changed me from the inside out. And from that moment, I just began to say, all right, God, if you got something for me to do, I wanna do it. And I don't know where you're gonna take me. If it's Houston, great. If it's in Nebraska, great. I don't know what you wanna do with my life, but I'm all in. Cause I know in your perfect plan is when I'm gonna be the happiest and the most fulfilled and the most at peace. And if I chase you, I know all these other things will chase me down. Put first the kingdom of heaven and all these other things will be added unto you. And so that's how I've lived. And so when I had this idea of a book, I'm thinking, God, I didn't do good in English class. <laughs> like, have you picked the wrong guy? And I just felt like God say, trust the trees. Trust that I've planted trees along the way. Take a step, do it afraid, get over your insecurities. 
Get over what you think you don't have and how you're not qualified and just trust me, put pen to paper and I'll inspire you. And he did 13 chapters later. And there was such a grace and an ease to the journey because it was the right time and it was what he called me to do. And when I was finished, it was amazing at all these divine connections and divine appointments to get the book out and to get the message out practically, like way beyond me. I'm a kid from a small town in Wisconsin. I don't have great connections. And it was just amazing the things God brought my way. And then my book agent calls me one day and says, Nick, you're never gonna believe this, but you're, your, your book debuted on the USA Today bestseller list. And I'm thinking, have you called the wrong dude? You called the wrong guy. This is not like, I'm a first time author. I, I, this, I don't really know what I'm doing. But that's what God does when you step afraid and you do the thing he's asked you to do. He provides trees, he favors it. And he leads and he guides and he qualifies and he equips and so I'm just riding the wave trusting him not sure where we're going yet but I'm trusting he's going to lead in God and provide but here's why I say this God is so in the details of your life he has orchestrated your plan to such detail that he loves you so much knows all of your great stuff and all of your limitations. And he says, hey, I know you think that limitation is going to keep you from, from accomplishing great things. But guess what? I've, made, I, I've got some trees along the way to make up the difference. Just trust me. Take a step. Do it afraid. People will think you're crazy. Your friends at school won't think it, 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 it's, it's cool. But just do it and I got you. Just do it and I got you. That's been my life story. Do it and I got you. And so I'm just here to tell you today to do something afraid. And I don't know what it is for you. I really don't know, but God does. And he's saying, trust me, I've got your life. I'm the, or I'm, I'm, I'm the architect of your life. And what I started in you, I'm faithful to finish. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes really quickly in this space? I just wanna ask a question. And that question is simple. Is there something that you know God is asking you to do but it's overwhelming and it can be daunting and frightening, but you know that he's put, you, put it in your heart and uh, you're ready to do it afraid and you're ready to trust him that he's got trees planted for you and you're gonna give him a step. I'm not talking about a leap of faith. I'm just talking about give him a step. Give him a step. Allow him to see your faith. Show him your faith. Move from asking faith to showing faith and watch him show out in your life. If that's you, can you just put your hand up real bold and just say, that's me. I know, I know what I gotta do. This is just confirmation. God's been speaking to me for a while and I know I gotta step out. I know I gotta do this afraid. I wanna live the dream that he's put in my heart to live. Father, you see every hand lifted and I just thank you that you are speaking to them. And I believe Jesus that you've not only spoken to them, but you've provided for them already. And I just pray they would sense peace today. I, I, I pray that they would sense your strength today and grace that as they take a step, you're gonna lead them and instruct them and guide them and pull out ideas along the way and show them divine relationships along the way and bring out strategy along the way. God, you are faithful to finish what you've started in our lives. 
and you never call us to do something that you haven't already prepared for us to do. So as we step, we trust you and we thank you that you're gonna lead and guide us and establish us right where we need to be in Jesus' name, amen. Can you just keep your head bowed for just one more minute? I wanna ask a very simple question. Maybe you came in here today. I know I saw hands come up. You're a visitor, you're a guest here. And uh, I'm just the crazy uncle from Houston that's here. But I have good news. And that good news is if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you don't have to leave this place in that same position. You can actually invite Jesus into your life to be your personal Lord and Savior. And you can leave here with a whole new perspective of your life, changed from the inside out. I don't know about you, but I can go through my life looking to people. I can look to uh, success. I can look to a book chart. I can look to money uh, to fulfill me, to satisfy me. I can look to likes, comments, clicks. Um, but all those things are great. They're cool. But at the end of the day, they leave you empty, um, not fully satisfied. And so today I'm here to bring you good news that Jesus is here and you can leave here fully satisfied by accepting him into your life to fulfill you, allowing his presence to satisfy you, living your life on purpose for him. So if today you wanna know Jesus, step into a relationship with him, ask him to forgive you of all your mistakes, of all your sins. I'm gonna count down from three and when I get to one, I want you to slip your hand up because I wanna lead you in a prayer. And I believe there, there are people in this room, in a room this size, who need to make a relate need to make that decision, or you want to re maybe at one point you were following him, but today you realize, man, I need to rededicate my life to him. I've gotten off course, and I believe today is a day for new beginnings for me. That's you. Three, two, one. Put your hand up real high. Just say that's me. I need to give my life to Christ. I want to recommit my heart to him. Amazing. Hands up all over. I want you to repeat this simple prayer of faith after me. The rest of us, repeat it as if it was your first time. Say it with passion, say it with boldness. Say, dear Jesus, I come before you today and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and all my mistakes. Come into my heart, come into my life and wash me clean. Today I choose to make you my Lord and my savior. I wanna live my life for you and only you, in Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we celebrate all the new beginnings, all the people who lifted their hand? Pastor JD, you can come. I love you. I'm proud of you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.